0: Play For free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Boyd, were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: It's time to play like a Jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow!
0: What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing.
2: Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30, hits the Jets, and he's gonna go! Just win it! Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson! Game over! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it, Allen. Tripped up, he could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall! He's done it again! Brees lightning,
1: 62 yards for the touchdown! And he's sacked again by and Wood! What a beast number 95 for the Jets.
3: Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at play like a jet one. And it is time to answer some of your mailbag questions. So for that we bring in our friend who's the editor over at JetNation.com, Mr. Glenn Naughton. Glenn what a great bye week this turned out to be for the jets the bills lost the dolphins lost the patriots pushed themselves one win closer to not being able to get caleb williams or drake may the jets are right in the thick of things heading into this matchup against the giants i don't remember a bye week being this much fun before
1: yeah i tell you what i did a a video on it yesterday talking about how everything broke the jets way during the bye as you said you know new england you're really they've been so bad i've it's crossed my mind are these guys in it for a quarterback Are they tanking so seeing them get a win was good in that regard then of course miami plays you know probably the second i would say high level opponent they faced this year they've lost both so you start to wonder how real they are and of course but that buffalo meltdown has you you know and i wonder this after the opener against buffalo you know josh allen not denying his incredible tools and very good player, but like is he a little bit overrated, you start to wonder. But yeah, great bye week for the Jets. And it just, it you know, for, as much as I enjoyed that Philly win, I I felt like within about five minutes of that win, I thought they can't have a letdown next week or you, know, or, you know, next game against the Giants. Like, don't be that team that gets so high that you come out flat the following week. Hopefully the bye helps them avoid that.
3: Right now, we have to hope that the Jets don't fall prey to one of those trap games. And let's be honest... The Jets have won these games that they've won very close. Even the Broncos game was by no means a blowout. So they don't exactly have a team that should be resting on their laurels. They've got to be game planning carefully. And as we've talked about before, Glenn, they really have to fix the red zone offense. That is the number one area of concern. And hopefully that's something they've really tried to iron out over their time off. With that, let's jump into the mailbag. And we will begin with Tyler Sloboda. He asks... Why haven't the Jets tried to get Jason Brownlee more involved? Seems like a better option than wasting routes on the corpse of Randall Cobb. Glenn, I have had so many discussions about this on Twitter and in real life over the last couple of weeks since all the Mecole Hardman stuff has gone on. And yeah, I don't know what else to say, but the corpse of Randall Cobb should not be getting snaps. I said this to you before we started recording. He seems like a great guy, excellent teammate, whispers sweet nothings in Zach Wilson's ear. All that's nice. Let him do it from the bench sitting next to Aaron Rodgers. He should not be getting snaps. He is actually the least efficient wide receiver, not only in the league this year, but over the last 16 years as far as yards per route run. He has the lowest since 2007. He should not be getting snaps. He should not be playing anywhere near as much as he's been playing. Those snaps should be going to somebody else. Now, that, of course, brings in the whole discussion about Nicole Hardman. I don't want to get too deep into it because my head is spinning from all the conversations I've had. But essentially, this is what it boils down to. The Jets had snaps to give to other receivers other than Alan Lazard and Garrett Wilson, and it doesn't matter Whether you want to call it wide receiver 3, 4, 5 It doesn't matter, it's just, these are snaps That could have gone to other receivers On the roster, those snaps All went to Randall Cobb And the people that are saying that Xavier Gibson Took away the role That Miko Hardman was supposed to have The first month of the season, Gibson Didn't play any snaps ...on offense. So unless the theory is that Miko Hardman's role was supposed to be $4 million to sit on the bench and not do anything, I don't know how it is that Gibson would have stolen his role or his snaps because he didn't get any snaps. So essentially what happened here is any of the snaps that could have gone to Hardman went to Randall Cobb, who was incredibly inefficient and in fact a bad receiver when receiving those snaps. At some point, the Jets should have realized they have to reconfigure the offense... Whether or not they had planned for Corey Davis doesn't matter because he wasn't there. He missed a lot of camp, and he retired a couple weeks before the season started. So at that point, the offense had to be reconfigured. If that meant more looks for multi-tight end sets, including Jeremy Ruckert, fine. If that meant more trick plays, gadget stuff, and even those short tosses to guys like Mecole Hardman or Xavier Gibson, fine. If it meant Jason Brownlee getting a chance, also fine. But it should not have met Randall Cobb, and it went on for six weeks. And so, again, anybody that's saying the snaps that could have gone to Hartman were given to Gibson, that's ridiculous. There were no snaps given to Gibson. Gibson had no role in the offense. Everything went to Cobb, who was really, really bad. It was a mistake, and hopefully, after the bye, we stop seeing Cobb and we start seeing Gibson. Maybe we get to see Jason Brownlee activated at some point, but something's got to give. Again, maybe Ruckert. Go ahead, throw Ruckert out there with multi-tight end sets. Anything, but no more Randall Cobb.
1: Yeah, that the the Brownlee thing. You know, Scott, we've talked a few times about how I liked Brownlee coming out. Um, and I, I I tweeted the other day that you know as this team continues to struggle in the red zone, you know what what might be able to help you in the red zone is a tall receiver, um, a tall long receiver with good hands who can catch the ball in traffic. Um, and that is the the literal description of, you know, how I would describe Jason Brownlee as a guy coming out of uh, out of college. He was just, he was a guy that every time you watched him, whether he was man-to-man with someone in his hip pocket or playing with two or three defenders around him, oftentimes he found a way to come down with the ball. I don't understand. You know, and someone said to me, I kind of get, you know, to where I'm ripping my hair out when, when you suggest the Jets make some type of move. And the first answer is, you know, well, they got to fix quarterback first. You know, Zach Wilson's not doing this. Zach Wilson's not doing that. So why would you not then surround him with as many potential playmakers as possible to make it more likely that Zach Wilson will make a play? Even if, even if you want to acknowledge he's not getting the ball the ball out early enough or he's not making the right reads, whatever. When he does make a read, when he does make a throw, would I rather he's throwing it to a guy like Brownlee or, as you said, you know Randall Cobb, who's getting all these snaps to not do anything? It's um, it's maddening. It's 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 a a development that's really frustrating because I I thought we'd see more Ruckert this year. In terms of targets i thought we i thought brownlee by now would have gotten on the field that hasn't happened and my hope is similar to what you said um you know this the bye week to me is a great opportunity for the jets to come out and you know you you don't even have to say it before the game you know status quo leading up to the game we know robert Sala doesn't say anything truthful up at the podium anyway um but i'm hoping that when sunday rolls around we find out that um we find out that brownlee's active or abanacan is active or and you know the Jets can basically say, "Look, we took the bye week to do our self scouting and the guys, you know, we we thought we should make some changes. You know, these you don't have to trash guys, but it, we both know how inefficient Cook and Cobb have been. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to see this and they they would really serve themselves well to say we're we're giving some more guys a look and Brownlee is a guy who should be getting one of those looks.
3: Speaking of Israel Banicanda, Shane asks, "Do you think he will be active against the Giants on Sunday?" Probably not. I think Izzy at some point will be active, but I don't think that point will be until Dalvin Cook is off the roster, or they finally admit that it's entirely a lost cause. I think they're going to try to shop him before the trade deadline, which is Halloween, so they still have an opportunity to try to get something for him. Maybe they showcase him in the Giants game and give him a couple of carries and hope he does something. After the Giants game, maybe they finally throw up their hands and admit defeat. But until the trade deadline passes, I don't think you're going to see Israel Abanikanda active. As far as when he becomes active, couldn't tell you for sure. But I don't think it'll be against the Giants.
1: Yeah, as much as I would like to see it, and I've said I, I hope that is the the route they take. I just my, my gut says they're gonna they're gonna roll with Cook for a couple more weeks at least. You know, I, we're hearing that he's on the block, but I, of course he is. Like, why wouldn't he be? I would imagine any player on your roster who is atrocious um, would be available for trade, um, and that would include Dalvin Cook. I mean, can you really is can you not find a practice squad running back somewhere who couldn't get you two point eight yards a carry? I mean, really, if you're a team in need of a running back, why would you say let's give up even a seven? Why would you say let's give up a seven for Dalvin Cook? I guarantee you, you can find a practice squad running back to get you under three yards a carry. Um, so I would be shocked if anyone gave up anything for him. Um, and I would be pretty surprised if Abana Kanda was, was active this week, but but that's my hope. My hope is that this week we see Izzy Abana Kanda active and we see Jason Brownlee active, and those guys get some opportunities.
3: Glenn, you might be able to get somebody off a practice squad that could give you 2.8 yards per carry, but you cannot get somebody off a practice squad that will give you 2.8 yards per carry at $7 million, okay?
1: That that's a fair point. He isn't he isn't a class of his own when it comes to guys who average less than three yards a carry um, compared to earnings. So yeah, if you're looking for a guy who who sets himself apart from the crowd, Cook would be your man.
3: Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He says, do you think the Jets will be aggressive at the trade deadline? Also, who are you most surprised with this season on the Jets, and who are you most disappointed in? So I would say as far as whether or not they're going to be aggressive at the trade deadline, probably not. I don't remember Joe Douglas ever really making any kind of big move at the trade deadline. Maybe they get a backup tackle or they get some sort of depth somewhere else, but I don't think they're going to do anything. I would like to see them get Hunter Renfro. I've talked about this. I think you could probably make a move where you swap Hunter Renfro for Carl Lawson, or maybe there's a late round pick swap. I don't think you'd have to give up much of anything. And the way I look at it is the Jets are so starved at receiver. They need somebody with his level of experience and route running ability. You bring him in here you let him play out the season. And if it doesn't work out, You get rid of him. If it does work out, then you get with him in the offseason and try and figure out something where you bring down his cap number a little bit for 2024. But I don't think there's much to lose in acquiring him because it wouldn't take much to get him. That said, I don't think they're going to make any kind of really big play at the trade deadline. Probably just depth moves, if anything. And As far as who surprised me this season and who has disappointed me, the surprise, Glenn, you and I were talking about this before we started recording, CJ Mosley. I thought the second half of last season, he started to look a little old and slow. I know he made second-team all-pro, but I think a lot of that was on reputation and the fact that he got off to a good start. But he's been outstanding this year. And Quincy Williams, my goodness, you want to talk about a pleasant surprise. He has been tremendous this year. He's been one of the best linebackers in football, and I think that's an enormous surprise because I think we all believed that he had a lot of holes in his game. But he's shed almost all of those holes and turned into one of the top linebackers in the league to the point where he's probably going to make the Pro Bowl and maybe he's got a shot at All-Pro if he keeps this up. I would say Makai Becton has been a pleasant surprise only because I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to stay healthy, but knock on wood so far he has, and he's played very very well. So those are the guys that stand out to me right off the top of my head in terms of who have been pleasant surprises in terms of disappointment. I can't say Randall Cobb because I never believed he would give the Jets anything valuable. I can't really say Dell cook because i also never thought he would give the jets much of anything the guy that to me has been without a doubt the most disappointing this season for the jets has to be carl lawson i know he was banged up and i know he's getting older but i think those two things have combined to really slow him down that's why he's been a healthy scratch so much the injuries have piled up he's gotten older and slower And now he's really just dead weight. They would love to move him at the trade deadline. I'm not so sure they're going to be able to do it, but I'd be stunned if he's back here next year. And unfortunately, I don't see him being all that productive the rest of the way if he stays past the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, I agree with on the loss in front. And even with, I would say Cook was disappointing to me because I viewed him as a guy who would definitely lost a step, but I thought he would be better than this. Like I thought, okay, even, you know, people were, I, I said right away, I, I wouldn't have signed him for the money the Jets gave him. You know, I thought if you get him for two three million, fine, bring him in. Um, and when I criticized the what they paid, a lot of people got mad at me. Um, and I just said, look, as a backup running back, I guess he'll be fine. And then people were, no, he's, Brees Hall's going to, he's not going to play early on. And he's, he's not going to see the field. We need cook. Like people thought he was going to carry the offense for the first month of the season. Um, he played a lot more than I expected and he was a lot worse than I expected. So while I didn't expect him to be I thought it was an overpay, I didn't he would be worth I didn't think he would be worth what they paid him. But, you know, now we can honestly say he's not even worth a roster spot. Like league minimum, I wouldn't take this guy in my roster right now. Um Lawson, same thing, you know, just like you said, he's been completely invisible out there. Um surprises, uh yes, Mosley, Quincy Williams, another one, the guy who we thought, you know, we like we, we thought he was a guy, you know, he flashed from time to time solid player who would make too many mistakes he's cleaned up the mistakes and he's playing like an all-world player um and I'm gonna go Bryce Hall too I mean this is a guy that I personally liked a lot out of college liked him after his first couple years as a sort of I thought he could be a, a CB2 slash depth guy and then he kind of fell off the face of the earth and you saw him very you know very rare he even got on the field when he did he didn't look great and you started to wonder, like, is this guy going to make the roster? You know, and I, I I, didn't have him on my 53. I didn't think he was going to make it because he'd been so invisible and ineffective. And he's started a couple games. He's done a really nice job. I mean, you know, he's, he's, no one's calling him Revis or Sauce, but he's proven he could be what I kind of thought he would be, which is a, a solid backup who could be a spot number two for you. So that's been a nice development.
3: Next question comes in from Michael Palis. He asks, playoff drought, 12 years, division drought, 21 years what percentage chance both are broken this season i would say the percentage chance of the playoff drought being broken is about 50 50 right now the jets are in the mix i think they have a chance But there's a lot of competition in the AFC for those playoff spots. As far as the division title, I'd say it's probably closer to about 25%. Remember, the Jets do still have to play the Dolphins twice. They've got to play the Bills again, but on the road this time. So they've got some tough division games. And if it ends up in a tie, that loss to the Patriots could come back to haunt them. So I think they have a chance at the division, but I would say more like 25%, 30%. Playoffs, I would say even money right now, about 50-50.
1: I'm going to go a little more bullish on playoffs only because I think you know, and I, I talked about this the other day. I think we're going to see a lot more production out of Zach Wilson in the red zone um, over the the final eleven games. Um, no, I'm not saying he's going to throw 35 touchdowns, but and it's part of it. In all honesty, is just the law of averages. You know, I look at it that I don't see any reason why this offense is going to regress and i honestly don't see them kicking 70 field goals the rest of the way like at some point they're going to have to break through and I, I i agree with robert sala i actually had that thought watching the game against philly you know on one of the many trips to the red zone they didn't score a touchdown again and i just thought to my, i was like this has to end like you can't keep you know growing and getting better and you know we've talked about this right like this this team as much as the red zone struggles have been as much as they've been frustrating it, they've still gotten a lot better than they were last year when they couldn't get past midfield. So it's like they're, it, they're make, he's making progress. As frustrating as it is that he's not there yet, I think as the season goes on, Wilson's going to get better in the red zone. They're going to score more points. The defense, as long as they stay healthy, is going to keep playing well. So I think the playoffs. You know, it's it's a shame, as you said, Scott. The key is that how competitive the AFC is. So that's the one. You know, if this is the NFC, I'd say they have a seventy-five or eighty percent chance. Um, in the AFC, though, I'm going to say Wilson gets better. Defense keeps playing well. I'm going to put them at 60, 65 percent division, 45, 50 percent. It's good, you know. I need to see how they look against Miami. I think they can beat Miami. Um, we've seen Miami lose to two teams that the Jets beat. Um, we know it doesn't always, you know, unfold that way. Of course, that doesn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things. But I think once the Jets, if the Jets prove they can beat the Dolphins, they've already beaten the Bills. I think that puts them, you know, that they've got a, at least 50 percent chance of the division.
3: Next question comes in from DMMR Mets. He asks, what player has impressed you the most on the offensive side of the ball so far? I think there's only two answers you can give here, without a doubt. Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. I don't know how you can answer anybody else. Those two guys are elite caliber players. The Jets finally have skill position players that are top of the league caliber. Those are the guys. And that's why I think for whatever criticism people want to have of Zach Wilson for going to Garrett Wilson too much, that's what you do. You have a guy like Garrett Wilson, you feed him the ball. It's no different than what you would do with a guy like Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, so on and so forth. You have a special receiver. You do what you can to put the ball in his hands. And Brees Hall, same thing. Whether it's throwing him the ball out of the backfield or handing him the ball, He is a guy who you want touching the ball as much as you can without wearing him completely out. So those two guys, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, easily most two impressive players on the offense. I don't even think it's a discussion.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're they're the two glaringly obvious um, guys that you would pick. And yeah, the Garrett Wilson thing, you know, how many years have we said, man, I wish we had that guy that other teams have that every time you see him in a one-on-one, you can just throw on the ball and let him make a play. Um, and the Jets finally have that guy. And when Zach Wilson does it, people criticize him. Why does he throw to Garrett Wilson? Um, because that that's why you have Garrett Wilson, to let him try to beat guys in one-on-one matchups. So yeah, uh, Wilson and and Brees and have been phenomenal. And it's it's been a long time coming for the Jets to have players of this caliber on this offense.
3: Glenn Naughton, editor, JetNation.com. Thanks so much for coming on and answering some mailbag questions with me. Really appreciate it. Make sure you check out everything that Glenn is doing over at JetNation.com. Listen to him on Jet Nation radio and of course follow him. At JN Radio underscore Glenn Check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com And the PlayLikeAJet YouTube channel We've got some awesome all 22 breakdowns Up on our channel right now So watch them and subscribe to our channel YouTube.com slash PlayLikeAJet Visit our store tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams Bless You Thank You shirt We've got some really good Zach Wilson merchandise Which is back in style finally Of course the PlayLikeAJet logo shirt Caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there TPublic. That's TEEPublic.com. And be sure to give us a five star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest New York Jets podcast and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and Play Like a chat.com.